Rough Talk VR. Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts D Scruffles and Stratus2k1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Rough Talk VR. Today we're doing what I always love to do on this podcast, which is... They're the best. Yeah, get to interview the developers, the masterminds behind the games that we love. And today's kind of big. This is the first time, and we've been we've been seeking, so we've been excited for this, that we get to interview some female developers yep, on it, the podcast. It's been about a year, and we've tried forums and posting in social media, and we have yet to come across that combination so, so this is like a, a really big honor really. yeah so besides you know making a great game this is a, a first for the podcast as well so this is real exciting so uh today we're joined with robin and cordelia of three pound games they have a, a great game in early access on app lab known as vault of stars but i don't want to do the game any disjustice so no, do you guys it's more want... than a game so yeah it, this that, will be that experience. So uh, do you mind to introduce yourself to the, our podcast listeners and tell us a little bit more about yourself and, uh, you know, what your game is? Hi, I'm Robin Mulder, CEO and audio director for Three Pound Games and for the game Vault of Stars. I have with me Cordelia Wolf. She is our creative director and definitely a mastermind of this game. This game is about death it is about light it is about energy it is about a lot of things uh the gist of the game is that there are 12 guardians who are protecting the world tree in this epic struggle against the void and this encroaching darkness that's constantly trying to seep into the world tree and just ruin everything chaos and all of that and what happens is and I, I don't want to give any spoilers of course um but there's an epic battle, and uh, you get to watch this unfold during the cinematic, and this is where you come in. You're created as this last, last bit of hope from these guardians. So you're created from their energy, and you are a being of starlight. So this is how you start your journey, is that you're flying through the stars, and you are a star trying to collect energy, trying to get bigger, trying to, trying to figure out how you're going to solve the problem of keeping back the void and we've built this entire adventure to be around, yes, it's a game, but it's also choice. It's also, it's also sort of a realization of your place in this world and how it is you're going to evolve into this. And, you know, are you going to become a guardian at the end or are you the bad guy or are you the good guy? You don't really know. And maybe there's a choice about that. Maybe you can make decisions during this game that may affect the outcome. I mean, of course they can, or I wouldn't be telling you this. Um, Cordelia, <laughs> feel free to jump in. Yeah, so it's kind of, um, there's a lot going on in it. It's uh, We want to make a lot of about, very much about player choice and player direction as well. Um, there's a lot like the normal, like, do you want to do the, the good or bad thing? What that is might not always be super clear, but um, there's also about like how you play the game. And part of the, some of the choices actually tie into what sort of game you want to play. VR is kind of an inter interesting medium because it's so physical that certain aspects of play, um, it can be difficult for some people. I, I personally, I'm one of those people that gets VR sick very easily. I was actually our guinea pig for all of our movement system design testing because <laughs> I, I will get sick on anything that moves, and apparently that includes things that don't move, like VR. So, um, 
we want to make it a game that you can play if you just want a chill experience and you want to enjoy the scenery and things like that. There's kind of the more the more puzzle aligned path where you can go and you can solve the puzzles and do that kind of thing. But then you don't see it a lot in the tutorial yet, which is the part that's out there. But in our next area, you will, are going to see more of this. There's also a combat path you can take if you want to really have more of an action, like go shoot them up, kill a bunch of things, or restore them or whatever kind of thing you do, but it's a lot more uh, action oriented. You can do both also, but those also tie into the long running story choices as well. So we're hoping it kind of like the way you want to play, you get to play, but it also has that kind of ongoing outcome in the story. Okay. I, I, you mentioned flying and I'm just going to put it out there that the flying experience in this game was absolutely, it, it felt for, I think I, I we were talking, I was like, for a second, it felt weird. And then it felt natural. Like it took no effort, almost like you're thinking it and it's happening more than you even realize you're making it happen via your, your control. But yeah, hats off to the flying. You guys, you, you killed it. Absolutely yeah, that, killed that, it. That's a very unique travel method in VR. Usually you see either teleportation, smooth travel, this, the way it goes. It's for anybody who's never played this experience, you point your controllers in the direction you want to fly. And it, it, because of that, and it happens, it, it just, it like Stratus it said, happens. they explain it to you and you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to like that. You know, I feel like I'm going to have to think about that a lot to move, but at no point do you have to think about it. It comes very natural. No, it becomes a, uh, like a second nature, second nature very yeah. easily. And I will say you guys alluded to it. Something that I love about this game right away, you throw it in your face is the moral decisions that are going to take place without giving spoilers. I, yeah. uh, but you know, it's very clear to you that there's going to be some. I've been I've been behaving pretty well. Oh yeah, I With, go out of my way to behave well. When the first one comes in front of you, it's like, do you want to destroy or rebuild? It's like ah, I kind of feel like being a good boy here. I, I don't feel like yeah. going around and destroying everything. Usually, what I do with games is the first playthrough, I'm goody two shoes, and then the second playthrough, I'm oh, like yeah, you're evil Sith Lord, just monster. <laughs> no, and, and people should know, It's it's this is definitely more than a game. I mean, right from the get go, it it like. There's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of deep rooted things going on here. And it's, you know, I hate saying like, oh, this is just a game. This is more of like an overall, I'd say an experience with, with, um, what's coming out to be a really good story. Yeah. It's, it's going to make you think morally, philosophically. It's, it's very trippy. Absolutely. So what was the inspiration for this? Like, how do you, how do you wake up one day and you're like, yeah, this right. isn't your normal. Like, yeah, I'm going to do a, a I like flying game games or I like shooters or I'm going to go make a racing Create an game. entire war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you wake up and you go, I got this puzzle combat game about life, death, Flight moral mechanics. reconstruction. You know, how, how do you get to that point? I, th I think it's a good one for Cordelia. She, she tells this part really well. <laughs> um, it was, it was definitely an ongoing process for it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that kind of has like, individual meaning to the all of all of the creators of the game but also i mean originally our previous game space dragon was also a flight game we're really fond of flight in vr um that one was was a um hand directed movement kind of flight this one being what we call the rubber band system and you like pull yourself in the direction so we wanted the actual the very very first iteration was actually sort of a test bed for that sort of pole flight system and we just kind of wanted to play around with it and i love nature and fantasy and magic and and all that kind of like 
mythology and things like that. So I wanted to build a world. I lo- and I wanted to put trees in it. Our programmer always yells at me for trees because you know, like the the rendering, <laughs> leaf rendering is. You should have seen on the early versions rendering. of this when it was on PC. <laughs> oh, everything's glowing, <laughs> waving, atmospheric fog. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, I lost my mind. And on it. <laughs> please, headset manufacturers, if there's anybody watching this and you think you can kick the ass of the Oculus Quest Two. For performance, please send us this headset because we'd love to bring these features back. Let's go. Right. Yeah, right. we're gonna as we go. Um, we're gonna be yeah trying to like really push the visuals and on everything. So I wanted to make it pretty and I wanted to make it fun to fly around. And trees are very vertical as well. So that's it. Got into that and then we started kind of thinking, well, like maybe it, maybe we'll go in a nature direction with it. And then we got more and more into well, you're kind of this the spirit of light. We wanted to have you kind of be like a wisp spirit of light kind of creature. And it's sort of just kind of kept developing from there about, well, what about like, if you're uh, like a star create, like pulling some astral kind of thoughts to it with the guardians. Um, They were originally kind of like a Zodiac sort of concept, but they developed into being these kind of demigods and it is. And then it pulled in some of like, it is kind of the afterlife area. It's the, the vault itself is, is a sort of afterlife and and the souls filtering through. And we just, uh, Colin, Colin and I, who's our, um, also our narrative director. And uh, we just started kind of going back and forth on concept ideas uh, going into that and like world tree concepts and like kind of human mythology over the ages and what sort of cool cultural things could we bring in? Like all the islands are going to have kind of a, a nature reference, like a biome sort of general reference and also some like general cultural focus. Cause that's sort of the concept that people go to the islands that they kind of connect with the most like their vibe like like if if this is your vibe then that's where you're gonna go you Mm -hmm. know like like the seahorse and shark is such a great example because you know the seahorse is kind of designed to be more in a a musical way of like you know having that vibe having that kind of frequency and shark being perseverance so clearly you know that's the island that i would go to because i'm extraordinarily (laughs) hard-headed and will you know just keep hammering at something until we get something done and as Cordelia likes to point out, I mean, you can have creativity all day long and with no perseverance, you're not going to get anything done. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great combination of, um, of traits to have together. Mm-hmm. And then she's mapped out, you know, traits for each island. So we have them all. We have all these islands planned out for the future. And that, that's another huge differentiator is that this as a story game is going to have lots of different uh, chapters um, so, so, you know, once this island one is a seahorse and shark goes out, then we're going to start working on the next island, which is the raven and dog. Mm-hmm. Um, we already have lots of great plans for that. Yeah. And, um, and it kind of, it kind of builds on itself. Like we got some of that world design down and, and then, I mean, my favorite kind of story development is like, let it grow on its own. We created the seeds of it and it's sort of developing and a lot of it started getting into like the concepts of duality like of course the light and dark your star spirit the void is the darkness that kind of stuff but also like death and rebirth like regrowth uh the cyclical nature you can't have any one thing without the other the shark and seahorse like robin said is a good example you have to have creativity and perseverance you take one or the other and it kind of doesn't work out too well so a lot of the islands have to do with like the two guardians that are on the island and how they relate and those they're sort of um topics so and then yeah and so it kind of grows uh we are doing the islands episodic and part of that is to see see how things go and see how it kind of develops be able to as as the hardware increases we want to be able to use like cool stuff in it we want to use new mechanics we figure out and just make it each island is kind of going to be it's going to all 
tie into the like be part of the same long story, but it's going to kind of be its own thing as well. And so there'll be kind of different experiences on each island, despite having like the same new, sort of yeah, foundation. New, some additional new powers, because, you know, you're growing as a character, so you're, you're going to get mm-hmm. new stuff to work with. The golems will be a bit different here and there as you as you grow and change over time. Yeah, uh, Seahorse and Shark Golem has uh, coral all over it. It's really cool. Reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. I, so I knew that there was going to be more continuation to this, but it sounds like this is going to go a lot farther than I would have imagined. No, huge. So, and people should know, too, the puzzles are not. No, they're not easy. These are not no-brainers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, we're still playing, but I'm embarrassed at what's got me struggled right now, yeah, well, which see, I won't talk about. But I'm. I'm actually embarrassed because I'm like, I cannot. We do escape rooms. We do. Yeah, we love. We love puzzle games. Just at a point right now where I'm like, I don't know how to finish. I don't know how to complete this. Yeah. So if I'm, you're somebody who often plays these puzzle games, you're like, this is too easy to. to no, this game it. has a a four point eight. Yeah, and for four point eight lab. It, yeah, it's that's, not that's easy. awesome. So I'm hoping once there's some continuation to it, that's when hopefully the store pays. You know, maybe you can make that push to the official store because so, it's it's visually, visually it's stunning. Oh, and like I said, the travel it, it's it's unique. There's it's a story based puzzle game with combat. It's it's it kind of its own unique thing. It's not copying anything that's already on the store. Mm-hmm. So that's with, why it's funny to hear how how deep you've actually gone with it. It's like, wow, there's so much easier routes people can take to make a game. <laughs> yeah. Then, then it yeah. sounds like Just I'm going to take the hardest, most complicated. I'm going to have a deep story with deep feeling and deep emotions. And I'm going to visually give you, you know, one of the best visual experiences you can have. The lighting's fantastic. But like that's, said, how that's how you get a 4.8. That's how you get a 4.8 for a game. That's still that's also my access. complaint with app lab too. It's always my complaint. We always <laughs> find games on app lab that, sight on scene and playing you're like this is no business in apple have it should be a store game and yeah. it's for as deep as this one's going oh definitely i hope to yeah. see this on the official store but absolutely it sounds like the end vision's huge so how long has this game been in development and when do you think you know it'll be able to be said all right you know maybe we put Final out more chapter. content yeah maybe we yeah. put out more content but it's no longer early access so, so we maybe two, three years ago, I think, is when we the very, very early formations of the game, and then at that moment, did we put together this really great, you know, doc, uh, the vision doc, uh, which actually we just recently updated and realized wh- how long we have been kind of thinking about this game. Then we put it aside because we realized this is way too much money and too much for the technology where we're at today. This is pre pre-quest this is back in the rift days and there just weren't enough headsets out there to, to warrant this size of a game once the quest 2 came out you start seeing the headset adoption really take off now you're like hmm okay we could go there the only concern there is that it's so underpowered for you know the vision of where we want to go with this ultimately in the dream fantasy world uh you know the atmosphere does lighten and change a little bit now on the quest but cordelia had some just knock your socks off stuff in there you know if, if, if you like go with the more path of the kill everything route things got really dark and moody and i want that back so bad <laughs> maybe the playstation 5 can help us out there we'll right. see no i i mean we i mean we know there's another headset coming sooner than later so it's just a matter of how much power will be in it but and- i love to see when developers are like look 
we've we've got a chokehold on this mm-hmm. this this there's nothing more to squeeze out of it without well, sacrificing game even then it's like so you guys see the potential because you get to develop it and then you know you have to strip it down so you saw like the the full potential so your mind's exploding with that but me as a consumer who never saw that no i go into this and i go holy shit this is beautiful this is a great environment so it's funny the different perspectives because they've seen what it could be you know fully maxed out on like a high rig pc if they were going you know that route so their mind's like oh man you know maybe it's it's a little unsatisfactory you know that the current you know standard you're watching your artwork and get diminished to fit into it get but me chopped for the just to appease you know yeah but me who didn't see that i go into it i'm like shit this this is beautiful this is this looks great so it's it's funny the just know that the game looks great. All, all said and done. Um, <laughs> Excellent. So you, you, you've, it's, it's good. It'll give us room to like knock your socks off for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait. And uh, so you've referenced a couple other people like a programmer, Colin. You know, how big is the team over at Three Pound Games? Um, Chris, so Colin's actually a, a narrator, narrator director. So writer, writer guy. Actually, you may know him. If you look him up, he's done a gazillion Dungeons and Dragons, like, you know, RPG world uh stuff like that and our lead developer uh our, our technical director is chris castaldi so he's like the inventor of the movement systems and we have an asset on the end of the asset store which contains all of our movement systems so this is something we put out many many years ago as a way to help the development community get a, a head start kickstart and get out of teleport. Why are we doing teleport? I'm in VR. I can fly. Thank I can you. do whatever I want. You know, <laughs> you. Right? Yeah. it's comfortable and it's easy, but you're, snap, you're turn restricted. And, so. Snap turn and teleport. Just two of them. I'm not a fan. No, I Just always the do the worst. Smooth turning and smooth oh. walking. So thank you so, for that. So you guys are oh, smooth. Oh, that's okay. really interesting. Yeah. That's been contentious for us because because I get sick easily. I cannot smooth turn. It will make me absolutely completely no, nauseous very quickly. That. I love yeah. snap turn. But I, we did get a bunch of people requesting smooth turns, so we actually added that in. And I'm, so I'm glad to hear that it, it was well, I, a good thing to add in. I think I'm just wrong in the head or something like that. Like, I think I've been choked <laughs> out or alone. something like that. I do jujitsu. I think I've been choked <laughs> out too many times because <laughs> snap turning makes me nauseous. Like, if, if I get nauseous, it's with, like, the, oh, the, 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 the nausea-reducing features. Like, when games have the by <laughs> default where the screen will go black. A little bit Ooh, on yeah, the outside. That one's I hate that. That so makes much. me nauseous. Uh, snap turning <laughs> makes me nauseous. Teleport movement kind of fucks with me. But like smooth makes my brain. It 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 doesn't. It does the opposite. No, I feel I feel more immersed. Like it's more natural of a a real life movement. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm less likely. It, the The moments that I'm like my brain can't really tell. Like I'm not immersed. But I, that that's when I get nauseous. teleport for sure. So I, <laughs> I think I'm just wrong in the head or something because I, I commonly hear that smooth causes nausea. Where I'm like, wow, with me, it's the opposite. So that's, that's- I have it was, seen like, what's people- interesting, too, yeah. is that people that are like new quest users, you'll see them just turn around. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. It's just old school people that are like, oh, right. I forgot we could do that. <laughs> I'm not tied down. Yeah, I've noticed like there's definitely a kind of you're either very much one way or very much the other way. It's um, I mean, that's one big thing with VR development is it's not just people's computers you've got to cater to. It's actually people's like physical, like things people can't People's change. computers. They're physical. People's well, they're computers internal computers, deal with. I guess yeah. you could say. Mm-hmm. But people are very like, like for me, I can't do smooth turn. I can't, I get sick with a lot of movement systems ours and we developed ours to help with that but like um 
but it's very much a physical thing for people, I think. And so you have to allow the different options for people to be able to do and play the way they want to play, or they're going to get completely kind of disconnected from it and not be able to get involved in it. So it's an important thing with the development. Yeah, immersion immersion itself is a very personal thing. Uh, if you if you um, you know if you're one of those people like like even for other types of technology, television shows. I'm not a fan of people walking in and talking while you're watching something. Even though I might be sitting on my laptop working, it's just that you know you make that comment like, oh, who's that actor? And I'm like, snapped right out of it. Like. Okay, now I'm looking at is who's that actor? Great. Uh, so you know we're all about like the like hit every layer of immersion. Like the, does the you know does it does it look right? Does it feel right? Does it sound right? Does it all come together for the player so that they can forget who they actually are as a real person and be that star creature who's flying around? And then you go, yeah, of course it makes sense. I can transfer my energy into this golem and then control it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, which is freaking awesome, by the way. Yeah, but it def- <laughs> definitely seems like uh, VR preferences are a lot like taste buds. Everybody's case by case. So it's good that you guys as well, developers recognize it's important to have the settings for the user to pick what works for them, you know? And we, we always mention, too, it's real easy to sit on on this end of the thing and watch somebody's work. And, and, and we do it when we review. We're always like, oh, you know what would be great? If this game did this and it's like, wow, you know, how selfish you just gave something a great score. It's a great game. It's a great experience. But you still say, you know, like, so it's, it's, it's got to be tough because you do want to appease everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, which never, way. Oh, and, and also, also, we have a backlog of those. Wouldn't it be great if we, <laughs> you know, yep. and we have to constantly keep each other in check for that <laughs> because the game would never get finished. As you've seen, many, many games take many, many years to get done. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was what? All right. Your musical, you have a musical background. Obviously, you still do. How do you go from like essentially being a rock star, right? To, I'm gonna I'm gonna change and I want to develop video games. I mean, it doesn't seem like a um, normal path. Like, I I don't know. I'm actually finding that there's a lot of people in VR who've had a, a similar background path as me, where you put all your energy into music, but also I'm an engineer. So I've always kind of lived this dual life this whole time, where I'm an engineer and I work at like Motorola as an engineer working on like you know, STX radios that the cops uses and um, microcontroller programming and all kinds of cool stuff like that. I even worked on like laser tomography. We were just talking about the other day. And that's super cool. But also I would be at night, you know, playing in the band. (laughs) And eventually over time, you know, go out there to California, recording another album. And then while I was out there, I uh, started running an incubator corporation. So it was a Uh, president of an incubator corporation with like six companies under me. And while I was simultaneously finishing up that, that last album and then trying to decide like, what are we doing? Are we going to get another record deal? And right at that moment, it was the record industry was just falling apart in front of my eyes. Like it it was just, nobody has any money. Nobody wants to support any creators. They don't want to take a chance on anybody. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? So I left the music industry and decided to go full force into technology. And over that time, I learned just tons and tons of, of you know, project management and how to do websites and, and manage all these different processes, which then as soon as VR shows up on the landscape as a real 
viable, commercially viable option, I was all in. This is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be fully immersed. I used to have tons and tons of Viewmasters. I I would, you know, I even have a medical Viewmaster set that is like training people on like what's inside slices of the body, medical Viewmaster slides. How friggin' cool is that? So this is such a great opportunity for me to take like my technology background, my music background, bring it all together and boom, here we are. This is virtual reality. It's an awesome path. And for people who don't know a Viewmaster, because I don't, I mean, they sell them, believe it or not, they sell them again, but it was basically a 3D. You could put in a round wheel with like, I don't know what, 20 pictures, 25 pictures. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. hold it yeah, up. Yeah, I think it was 24. Light. It was like a it was a even number because it's two, you know, it has the <clears> yeah, two the slides two, for each eye. So the, each, each eye slot was on the opposite sides and it would Yeah, cartoons were like 3D. It was amazing for its time. That was probably like old school VR for its time because you could as a little kid, you could get lost looking into the I'm a 70s kid. I was born in 70s, so I've I've had probably a handful of Viewmasters in my mm-hmm. my my young 70s life. So Besides, if we count Viewmasters VR, then that's obviously the answer to this. But besides that, what was your first experience in VR for both of you? I'm trying to remember. It's been a really long time. Like a real headset. Um, there was the, <laughs> when the Vive first came out. Somehow I was in a Vive before it came out. It's not really a somehow. Uh, so I, I think it was like 2016, I think, something like that. The 2015, 2016. Definitely had some of the early headset, not not the you know DK one really super early stuff, but Chris did though. Chris was really mm-hmm. on that, and I didn't want to um, get too involved too early on because I've been in that situation where I get too excited about a technology too early, and the technology <laughs> adoption curve we're not there yet. So I was trying to be like, no, 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 I like I don't 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 lure me into this. Um, but then. Then he brings a revive, and I'm like, okay, still though, this is not commercially viable. My God, all the setup takes forever, and everything—the satellites and the wire—people are not going to buy this, and they're not going to buy a three thousand dollar machine with a really high quality graphics card just to run this. I mean, us nerds will, but once that Rift came out, then I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting better. And you know, then we just started investing at that time, and we started working our way through it. And once the Quest came out, we knew that this was it. This was going to take off. Perfect. And what about yourself, Cordelia? What was that first experience in VR? I think actually, funny enough, my very first one, because um, we're all we're all remote, so I actually live pretty far from them. So I wasn't there when they tried the uh, Vive early on. But I think actually my first one, we before we did the VR stuff, we had made a couple small uh, mobile games. And one of them was one called FP Shark, where you got to play as a little dr- underwater drone, like a science drone. You would go around and scan fish. Yeah, we're always been into the flight and like non-terrain movement systems but um yeah so they brought one and we had gone somewhere we were at a hotel somewhere i think for a conference or something and uh chris we had put like we put the ocean level in there in the headset or on um for the mobile vr like way back in the day uh when they had what was it google cardboard or Something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, I think enough. that's. I think that's. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, You're right. yeah. That, that does count. So yeah, that I'm, was. I think yeah. that was that, and flying through the um, mm-hmm. shattered tower level. We had done a couple recordings right, and put right, those in right, VR. Right. Um, and that was like maybe I don't remember when that was that, but it was definitely that had, like, that had to be 2015, the oh, 2016. Maybe. It was somewhere in that 
Yeah, because space. I mean, it was, was definitely right before so. the, those real headsets started coming yeah, out, yeah. where we were all just sort of like getting stuff. To, <laughs> and yeah, and there was, was we were, doing, we were also doing a lot of augmented reality. I'm walking around Gen Con with like this had to be 2015. Oh yeah, it was Gen Con, wasn't it? Like 2015, I think I'm walking around Gen Con and I'm trying to show off the Sharks for Arms characters on my my phone. It's augmented reality and the looks I'm getting from people because, you know, it was too far ahead. They could, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> what is this crazy magic? And I'm like, this is Gen Con. You're calling this yeah. magic. Okay. And yeah, so I think that was my first time like seeing it. My first time actually playing it, I think, was over at your place and it was the Vive and it was, um, oh, what was that one on Steam? Um Vanishing Realms was my first, like, really getting into it, which was this little, it was um, kind of a dungeon explorer one. And you got to, like, you could just reach out and do, like, anything that I thought should be doable. Like, you could just reach out, like, you could grab the torch and, like, light curtains on fire and stuff. And I was just like, behind, Go behind the tapestry. Like, you know, peek (laughs) under. I don't think you could peek under the cloth physics. Yeah, the cloth (laughs) physics weren't there, but you could walk behind it if there was a sneaky little hiding spot. That, yeah, yeah and I was just cool. like, yes, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should uh, reach out to those those guys. Yeah, it, I think they expanded it a little bit. They did have another cool. release, but so you kind of answered my question, my next question, a little bit with your answer. I was going to ask, uh, you know, did you guys start three pound games going right into VR? Or were there other you know non VR games before that? So how long how long has three pound games been around? So we've been around a, a, a while because we started off in mobile. Mobile games was our kind of first thing. Um, we did some like kids games and that sort of thing just to kind of get our feet wet and kind of figure out what we're doing and that sort of, uh, you know, kid words and um, stuff. But when I met Cordelia, like this was the okay, you know, Chris and Cordelia coming together was such the key component of now we have a Unity team to go build cool stuff with major stakeholders and people that really, really lockstep with design and development. We we get talking about stuff and it is a million miles an hour and it is engineering focused. It is rah, 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 No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Oh, okay. No, wait, wait, wait. This is the best solution that ever came out of anyone's mouth. We're all geniuses. Check, please. Like, you know. <laughs> like yeah. nobody gets their feelings hurt. We're all just like best product. We want the best product. Yeah, our conversations are probably completely indecipherable when we get going, but hey, we get stuff out of it. And it they, and just... they are like some, some people have definitely like tried to step into the rooms when we're really hard, you know, really in the hard hardcore figuring something out mode, and they're just like walking away. They like they, they pop into the Discord channel for a minute and just skip right out. <laughs> it's the Simpsons, Ooh, like the Homer disappearing yeah. into the bush thing. No, the energy you both that have. That would be a great Discord animation for you when you do that. Fantastic energy that you guys both have with each other. I mean, how long have, how did you guys meet? I mean, how do you come about just blind luck stumbling upon somebody with a, was it a Craigslist job? A a good passion and (laughs) good energy. So it's like I put an ad in like the back of a music magazine and she's like, what's this? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was funny. Um, cause it was 2013 that I joined you guys and, um, yeah, my, uh, my then boyfriend, now husband, had uh, was working at a place, and there, um, one of the leadership at his company was a friend of Robin's, and I had just finished grad school. Um, I went for school for um, character modeling, and so I had just finished that, and I was looking for stuff. And so she mentioned to him they were chatting, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, I know, I know somebody who's trying to get 
like their their game stuff rolling and could use an art person. So um, she connected me to Robin and we just started making stuff. Um, it was the original <laughs> one was Sharks for Arms, which was going to come back. Oh, yeah, we're doing, oh, we're doing it's going to come back. Yeah, the, but it was literally like there was a kid with Sharks for Arms. And so the first thing I'm doing is doing a drawing for concept art for this like kid with a uh, boy or girl because you could choose which character to play and literally sharks on your arms and uh, so i was like okay this is cool and so we just and, and the, like, story, the story was basically it. like what did we we had to like sort of back our way into the story a little bit but like, so the, the, like one day you know the kid ha- has to go to the lab with mom and dad you know for whatever reason that was i don't remember what we had um but then is a of course car- cartoon about it comic. of course like you know screwing around as kids do like you know, somebody yells, watch out, he falls back and the arms go into the machine and then they get, they get zapped. It's like some and- <laughs> portal machine or something like that. And they stick their, uh, yeah. And then, so it's pretty funny. And, but. and then he had to be airlifted to be taken to this place where this guy's doing experimental treatments for regenerative abilities of the sharks. So they stick sharks on his we had a bunch of fun creatures. Like I was just making a lot of creatures because we'd have all these like chimeric sort of creatures part of this island. And it was sort of the almost like an escape from like the island of Dr. Moreau kind of yeah, like yeah. weird experiments going on sort of thing, but in a little bit of a kid direction. But I mean, there was definitely some dark stuff. To it. We've always had like kind of a dark background to a lot of our stories. Yeah. So. It, like, I think it's that, um, I think it, there's a little bit of the one, two punch of the, you think we're going to put out something cute, but it ain't so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to see an animation of this. No, I want to see this on the quest, at least on app lab. I think VR is the best <laughs> oh, yeah. for this kind of silly stuff. I think that's oh, it, to- it totally oh. is. Oh, that that actually, that's actually what happened to that game is, uh, we put out a, um, a, a little cinematic intro of it where at the end of it, it you know so she you wake up and you're in the hospital bed and there's an ape with like a, like a Octo- octopus, octopus. octopus. Yeah. so it's like a little tentacle comes up on the bed and he rah, yells at right, you. Right, and he rares at you. And then, um, you know, and then then the scene goes to you first person, and then you're like with your arms, and sure, you look at your arms and the sharks. Um, but then, because at the time, we were we were doing this as like a, a side scroll yeah. or kind of, two, you know, 2.5D two two platformer like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And that was a disconnect between the what people saw this game was going to be and then what it actually was. Mm-hmm. So it, so, so that didn't go as well as we would have liked, and we actually just put the whole thing on ice. So it was a game that should have always been for VR. We should have just done that <laughs> oh, right away. But, but you know, we're, we're getting back to it. It deserves <laughs> to be with the with the sharks eat. With the hands have to eat. Like the shark, I'm just wondering, yes. like, if you oh, have yeah, to yeah, go yeah. around chomp, and start chomp, chomping chomp. on things. And <laughs> yeah, we definitely had the chomping, and we had a mecha shark, an octopus, and the, you could you could also like shoot the sharks stuff. off because you get the regenerative property. <laughs> You shoot the shark off and um, another one grows. You know, every single person who plays this game, the first thing they would do is they would, this would be them. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're trying to eat. Yeah, yourself. the puppets, the puppets. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, do that yeah, with yeah. the space dragons yeah. too. Cause oh. we have the little space dragons that are the dragons for arms. Basically is kind of what that ended up. And you just puppet right. them and make them talk. So I love, I love the energy uh, that you two have. I think that there's so, saying. so many ideas that can quality. come out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there any other games that you guys are, any other VR games, I should say, for the quest you guys are working on besides Vault of Stars? Oh, is that yeah. getting 100% Oh, okay? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's always 100 do ideas. Wanna, do we want to even socialize the name? Ooh, so there, there's know. a game. Um, uh, so because we have a lot of really crazy ideas, and sometimes, you know, you get into these things, 
and you 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 build out a little a level of it, and then you realize, okay, where are we going to go with this? And it's not it's not always good to kind of like throw out such a small level because people can beat you up over that. Like, well, there's not enough content here and they're right. Absolutely. Um, and you don't really know if you want to invest that much time into building it out. So we've ended up like kind of prototyping out a lot of different ideas. And over time, the other thing that's kind of parallel to that is the movement system and our interest in trying to like solve some of the habituating people into VR and, you know, introducing more people into different movements, different styles, the mechanics, the movement, everything, you know, what's my immersion level. So you wrap all those things up together. And also I love warrior wares to death. It's the best game possibly ever. I don't know if you've ever played that. It was the one at the Nintendo Wii version, the Wii was it the Wii. Yeah. The original Wii where you did micro games and you did know what was going on. It was so great for people that didn't even play video games because it would be like the telephone and it would be a little picture that would come down and it would be a telephone. And obviously you have to answer the telephone, right? But it may not be actually a telephone in the game. It might be something that you just need to pick up and turn over. So the whole thing was you put your remote down, face down, and whatever it is that the game actually is, that is the mechanic that you do, which is pick it up and answer it. So there's all kinds of stuff like that in that game. And it was really appealing because A, it was a micro game. So really fast paced. B, I watched how people who didn't play video games and didn't understand controllers would just get it because they were simple mechanics. So we've kind of wrapped up all of these things into a, a new multiplayer game that we're working on right now, like slowly over time to kind of pull in all these different factors. And this is like, uh, we're, we're, we're calling it Grocket. I don't know if that name will stick, but the idea is you got to figure it out quick and go. Yeah. And so it's, it's, and, and the fun stuff for us is that basically like we, I mean, I could just go, I mean, there's the sharks farms, there was FP shark, FP dinosaur, there's space dragon, there's the dragon game, whatever the, uh, there's um, Shattered Tower, there's Cybercat, there's Griffin like, Delivery. Tons of things that are kind of always going on in the background. Sometimes we'll put some time into them. But the fun thing with this is that it's also our outlet to be able to, if you have one of those crazy ideas that you want to just try out, build a, build a mini level, and we're going to just all put in like mini levels into the game. Everybody gets to kind of go with their crazy idea. We all have tons of them. We'll build them as levels. They're going to both help people get used to VR and also be an outlet for us. And if some of the levels really like stick, that's something we can kind of pursue later. But also just it's fun. It's fun to just make stuff and just have stuff that people can goof around and make it so people can goof around with their friends and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we're that's kind of one of our big things that'll tie in all of the different game. ideas. Because, yeah, we always have stuff going on that all of us are pet projects as a uh, kind of things. <laughs> No, it's, it's good to, again, the energy, because mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's a handful of people who might make something and be like, all right, I'm one and done. See you later. I mean, we, we've already kind of touched that. I guess like, where are you going to even find the time with everything you got <laughs> going on with the, the one aspect, but to know that there's even more things, but the sharks with arms, I'm, I'm sold on that. Yeah. We, we, we love I'm this sold. game. Loco Dojo. It just Dojo. sounds fun. Like, yeah. You'd be crying, laughing. Like, uh, we, I don't know if you guys have ever played Loco Dojo Unleashed. It's kind of, it's a mini game based game, but they have this one mm -hmm. where you're one mini game where you have giant lobster hands and you have to try to catch <laughs> fish that are flying. Mm -hmm. And we probably oh, yeah. cried laughing, tears in our eyes, 
the whole round of the game. Like we we didn't even do anything the first time we played it. Just sitting there pissing ourselves, laughing at lobster hands. There's something about giant, unrealistic sea sea hands in VR that just is hysterical. It's it's very appealing. It's it's very appealing to do mashups and things because you know we're in virtual reality. So why wouldn't I do something I can't do in real life? Right. So that, you know, have that's a good concept. Have crazy <laughs> robot arms that can do things. You know, like uh, in Captive Sun, another project that that will make its way back into Grocket. Um, we had the, the, you know, the idea that you're sticking your arms in the machine for, you know, upgrades, and then they would come back out as, you know, different devices. So that'll, that'll probably, <laughs> no, I, that'll I, come around a little, that'll come around things to play with all the stuff, just toys. <laughs> That's the correct mentality to have. Like, I don't like to, to criticize anybody or say what anybody's doing is wrong or anything like that. Hey, we all walk our own path. So I don't mean it like that all judgy, but I see a lot of like the, the VR real estate stuff like that. Which, you know, maybe I'll be laughing poor and broke where everybody else is, is rich and everything like that. But I look at VR and it's like, let's do everything that we can't do in real life. Just like you're saying, uh, it, it's limitless potential and all of the limitless potential of VR to decide to be a landlord. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's not my app for me. So I, I, I like to think I like to see games that go the opposite direction. What can't we do in real life? I can go buy a house and rent it out to somebody in real life. I don't need to go do that in VR. Uh, I, I want to go fly around. I want to have lobster hands. I want to have shark hands. I want to get silly. I want to have fun. So I love that. That's the the mentality you two have. I want to escape. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go do accounting and and manage my my house books, make sure everything's taken care of, and this guy's paying me rent and in my crib. What? That's not what VR is for. VR is for the things I can't do in real life, like be a, a well lot. for some people that would be own property too I, by that's, the way. That, I, I know, know I right that. i actually I, I actually think that some people can't do that in real life so yeah. they might think that that's interesting there, there's a little bit of that like job yeah. simulator is a great example <laughs> of it is it is directly the parallel of when you watch little kids who would not actually want to sweep and mop for you in the real world but boy you give them the little toy version they're all over it Oh, yeah. Because it's pretend, you know, <laughs> hey, it's all cool. I won't lie. Like, Cities VR is coming out. I love the idea of doing that in a simulation with not real people. But, like, knowing <laughs> Ooh, that I need to yeah. rent it out to some, like, somebody's going to go rent out my VR mansion. VR squatting. If it was, like, a, a non-existent NPC, I'd be all over that game, you know? Mm-hmm. I get uh, you. But I, I get yeah, what you're like saying. Yeah, like, alien, alien creatures have actually come down from Mars for <laughs> real, and they need places to stay. Yeah, you know? It's a unique set of uh, interesting they're problems paying, that come up because of the tentacles. They're paying triple yeah. rent, too, is the rumor. So I don't like to think that if I sleep now, then uh, in five years, I won't be able to own a metaverse house. I'm going to be rent- renting it out from some dude. <laughs> it sounds a little bit too much like real life. Well, like, no. it's, yeah. it's infinite. Yeah. Like Everybody could make anything they want. So anyone that puts false limits on it is just kind of yeah, again, hurting it for everybody. It's, it's just part of the transit. <laughs> The the movement of VR. yeah. So if somebody does like the entire United States mapped as a metaverse, which you know they're doing, and then they sell all the real estate, which you know they will, <laughs> then somebody else will say, "I've got USA too." Yep, it's right. a- <laughs> so what? I've got one on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even better, right? Let's let's not even be here at all. That would be fantastic. No, that's funny. Well, at least. You both are in the creative aspect, not, you know, and again, not taking a path that could have, sure, you could have done virtual real estate and put that out there, right? Or done a safe, you know, rhythm game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're no, not you're knocking going, rhythm games. No, but no, no, but it's a, it's a, a safe, proven yeah. financial <laughs> route. Instead, you're going, all right, this game is going to take us a while. 
It has a long creative vision. It's deep. It's deep. Very trippy. Let's do it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, trippy. me and, me and Strauss were talking about this before the podcast. It's like when you do things for the money, like, oh, I think that this is going to make us $10 million. We're going to be millionaires. You're probably not going to go anywhere with it. And you're mm. going to hate every day of your Product life. Product is garbage. If you do it because it's an idea you you love and you want to do it and you wake up every day excited for it, you're going to make a good product and then the money's going to come anyway, but it's not about the money. And I get that feel with you guys. It's like you guys bounce back and forth, even in this interview and you're getting excited. Ideas are coming. Oh, yeah. Somebody if, just based on a lot of times we'll review the game first and then talk to people who make it. So this is almost like a reverse order, but just based on the excitement level, it's like to hear someone in, in, in the development company that excited about their product that alone <laughs> says, I need to kind of go out and get this. What am I missing out on? Because, you know, sometimes it, it can be very business or, but the, the smaller, the studio size also, the better the product. Yeah. That's we, what we seem to have run across as well. There's no corporate stuffiness. But there's, yeah. There's less bureaucracy. Like if somebody wants to do something crazy, the answer is okay, prove it. Like just do it. <laughs> <laughs> have at it. You said you can do it. Now let's see it. Yeah, no, that sounds no, like it's, it's a great, <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah. So I think there are people that are going to hear this and just be like, I, I might be missing out on something. Mm-hmm. And when you, if you listen to this, this podcast and you haven't played the game yet and you go and you play it, you'll, see their energy in the game in the final product you know it, it the energy you two have it, it yeah, carries it's a over good, it's a know? good product um so you should see how that goes in a game cordelia like i'll put something in then cordelia will put some like oh i think i need to make this particle effect more magnificent and i'll be like oh my god my sound effect doesn't fit anymore now i have to amp it up more you know it's like- that's, that's hilarious so this is a question i always love to ask developers and i get a wide range of answers usually going towards no i don't touch a headset in my free time but just out of curiosity are there any other vr games besides your own that you know you play you love or is it absolutely that, you know, you get done a game of development or a day of development and you're like, no way am I putting one of those I'm on my head. I'm putting work on my head. Yeah. What's what's it like for you, too? Well, my biggest problem is I like to work on the stuff at night because I'm doing audio and it just, you know, plus people aren't interrupting so much with the business side of things. So that restricts my time for playing. And what we started to do was uh, Three Pound plays other people's games on Tuesday nights on Twitch. So last uh, couple weeks back, we did Blast On, which was super fun. And then this past week, we did uh, Demio or Demio. We're not actually sure how to pronounce it yet. I don't know if you guys do. Um, so uh, I, did, I set that one out because Colin, being the RPG guy, we wanted to go. So Colin, uh, Cordelia, Chris, and Kyle played that. And that was really fun to watch. It's a wicked fun. Game. Yeah. And it's Demio, too. We, Demio, we, we yeah. went back and forth Demio. on it. The, We've reviewed it twice on this podcast. I wanted to so call it, it Damio. Yep. I think there's some I think you were correct and I was wrong. Uh yeah. go figure in the end. Uh but then we've interviewed the you know, the community manager and everything and she's she's ironed it out. But it's like fifty fifty online. If you go and you, you see people talk about it, nobody knows. Everybody's like, Oh I thought it was this. <laughs> I think that's it's like Rackham versus people are like talking about it. Right? Yeah. But uh, I love that that attitude of let's go support other development teams i I never like to see things like rivalries or like 
unsupportive the, behavior. The, the community's not big enough right no. now for people to hate each yeah. other. No. So oh, I mean, it's just silly anyway. Yeah. We all we all here to make cool, immersive experiences and let's help each other out, right? I mean, yeah, and that, that's primarily yeah. what, like, if I put on somebody else's game or experience, it's primarily because I met them in the side quest community or they're someone I know from Launchpad or, or the Oculus Stark community or one of those things, and I'm like... You know, like I, I played um, Smash Drones because I met the guy in Oculus Star. Like, great game, you know? Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, I did pick up uh, Red Matter not that long ago. And because it's not a really faster paced, it's it's causing me angst <laughs> because it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but I am trying to get through it. You know, it's just like nibbling away little chunks at a time. Oh, that's funny. And uh, Resolution's a great game company that kind of seems to have that same mentality of, I see them support other game companies, kind of mm-hmm. put, you know, share their stuff. A lot of the developers. But holy hell is blasting a workout, though. Yep. My goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had a real good time with that. Yeah, we're usually shuffling. Uh, yeah, also just surprised, too, because we didn't, we went in totally cold on that game. Ooh. Um, you know, we're new to Twitch too. So we, you know, we don't know like the, the rules and re- that you should probably be prepared more for the Twitch stream, which is like, Hey, let's just go Twitch stream this. Yay. It. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worked out. Set your guardian um, but I'm like, yeah. I'm like in the menu, I'm in the menu and I'm looking at the stuff and trying to figure out what we're doing. And I just kind of looked over to the right and I'm like, what's that door? <laughs> and then, Oh, huh. What do you know? There's this whole cool thing back there. And we ended up back there for like 45 minutes. <laughs> Wait a couple. Around. A couple of their top players apparently came and um oh yeah was it? yeah yeah a couple people came and joined us we got to watch them play like they they we had ran a little like impromptu tournament uh one of them joined us and then somebody another guy showed up and uh they uh they ended up fighting each other and we got to watch it oh my god he was like juggling oh weapons god, and stuff right? i was amazed. It, yeah it was like you know when you watch the bullet the bullet hell kings and queens like really understand <laughs> negative space and they just stand there and they're like <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it's it's a workout and a half. So smooth, and you're just like, oh, and you know, yeah, right. And like when I actually ended up playing that one of those guys in our tournament, and he's like, okay, okay, how about, how about oh, yeah, I'll just take, well, I'm just gonna take one of my hands off, and he puts one hand down, and he makes me one handed. <laughs> Yeah, they were nice. Though. They were nice guys. They were way cool, way cool. That's a, yeah, no, it the, was super. And and also, we learned a lot about how to play by by interacting with them and watching them play. So it was super incredible. Like I almost felt like at one moment, and I I kind of joked with them about it. I was like, what if this was actually the onboarding experience? That <laughs> oh, you know, right. we get into the tournament space, we're playing a little bit, you know, and the <laughs> and it sees that we're struggling, so it brings in these pro guys to come and be like super supportive and helpful. I'm like, wow, that'd be such cool AI right yeah. there. You're you're a high enough level, <laughs> and a, a message comes up: a noob needs your help. It, it can join. <laughs> right, right, cool. right. Yeah. Not that'd even AI, just cool. actual. We people. could do that yeah. with Rocket. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be freaking awesome. awesome. Yeah, get help messages. Yeah. Oh man. Or it knowing that you need the assistance. Yeah, because the so, good yeah. players, the good players are always helpful because they're yeah. like, yeah, no, I mastered the game. Now I want to get other people playing. Cool, let's go. You know, enjoy it like I do. See it from my perspective. Yeah, we're we're, we're normally shuffling like four or five different games that we you know we're preparing to review going in the future. Blastin's one, but that's like a good end the day with because your headset's going to be pretty pretty sweaty. <laughs> uh, so besides, you know, like v- you may want to get in shape first before. Planning to play that. Man. Or, some, or it, might, cardio. it might get you in shape, but you might, just might not be able to play a bunch of rounds at once. You know, a couple <laughs> rounds to start the day, maybe do some some other 
other walks around the block and things like that. <laughs> but uh, besides VR game development, uh, you know, besides playing games, supporting other game game developers, that kind of stuff. What are some of your guys, you know, both of your hobbies in real life outside of VR? If there's time. Besides oh, let me, let me pass that one over to Cordelia because she, she didn't get to her game last because it's quite extensive. <laughs> Woo! All right, yeah, I want to well, hear that. <laughs> um, I mean, aside from hanging playing with my cat and <laughs> the normal stuff, I um, I do a lot of PC gaming for as well because, like, I mean, you know, like you said, it's it's tough to be in the headset all day. I am one of those kind of VR sickness prone people. I do definitely uh, play other uh, VR games. I really liked, um, what was that one called? Town... Township Tale. Township Tale. Township Tale is a cool yeah. one. Um, mm-hmm. Townsman VR. They recently did a massive update. That was awesome. Like the ones we play on Tuesdays, uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, I also play a lot of PC stuff, a lot of RPGs. Um, obviously, the big ones like Elder Scrolls, Witcher. Uh, love those ones and um, stuff like that. Been playing some uh, Valheim lately with some friends, and I've been enjoying that. I like the um, survival aspects and anything with fantasy mythology, that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of it's, yeah, a lot of one of my cooldown time tends to be like on the PC game side of things. No, that, that's awesome. I have a, a wish list that will never happen because I, I, you know, I just know it won't. But I, I hope one day I wake up, you know, maybe an Oculus Connect or something like that. They drop a news that like Morrowind is coming to the Oculus Quest. I would lose my mind. I got to be realistic. <laughs> Oblivion probably couldn't run on the Quest. Not that I, I, I imagine it couldn't. Um, if it could, then let's shoot for I that. But, but. <laughs> yeah, I well, they did. Uh, I mean, they got Skyrim and they got Fallout onto VR. Um, I don't know. I'm curious what they're going to do with the next one because, like, Fallout 76 for all the uh, ragging on it, people gave it early on. Which, to be fair, some of it was fair, but they they developed that and they're they had some great multiplayer stuff in that. And I'm really curious what they're going to do with the next one on that. Not to get into yeah. <laughs> other people's games too much, but like, I'm really curious about that. And I would love to see them do some more tie it like VR tie in stuff with that too. Yeah. Yeah. If they could port some of their mid 2000 titles, which I think is reasonable to run on a quest. I, you know, I try to line up. All right. When did Grand Theft Auto San Andreas come out? All right. When did Resident Evil four come out? All right. That's the era of games we can do. Okay. I'd love to see, you know, that 2004, 2005 era games. Yeah. Uh, those RPGs ported over to VR. Um, so Robin and, and Cordelia, I know you mentioned hanging out with the cat and stuff. You know, what are what are the hobbies outside of gaming? Is there time Ooh, for hobbies? I know <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of time. I do a lot of work. I mean, kind of getting houses together. We've been doing a lot of moving and stuff. So there hasn't been. I mean, stuff that I'm hoping to do once we get into our next places. I do. I did um, in my undergrad, I did uh, metalworking and stuff like that. And I would love to get into armor crafting again. I did uh, scale mail for, <laughs> I've done some scale mail work. Um, I've done metal casting. And so really like craft kind of like, like um, kind of armor crafting sort of stuff has always been something I've I wanted to get more into. I'm planning to set up kind of a forge and foundry metal shop really want to get a nice 3d printer i've i've been holding back on that like it's been it's been tough because there's so many cool 3d printers out there oh and if you um, wait six but months, i want to get a new one yeah out and that's the problem, the problem. i don't really have cool. a lot of space right now but i'm i'm waiting and i'm i'm gonna get to, like really looking forward to when i finally get that 3d printer so <laughs> that'll <laughs> kind of be my focus there i think so I think the only thing I really add to that really is because I'm I'm kind of right there in the same mental warehouse as Cordelia with the those kinds of crafts kind of stuff. Um, I also uh, play a lot of board games because that is the a great way for me to get away from the computer 
um, and and you know attempt to socialize with actual humans in real life. It's a, it's so <laughs> tough because it's not really my thing. Um, <laughs> so right now, uh, I actually just played some Puerto Rico last night. It's one of my favorite games. I hadn't played it in probably two years. Tra- uh, getting a couple of new players up to speed on that, which is a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> no, board games are like that. The first time you play it, it's so complicated. Two mm-hmm. two play sessions in, maybe even one, you, you'll have it fully down, but. To teach somebody, oh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, because you, you're you're trying to just feel like no, it's just like real life, sort of. You know, like <laughs> like uh, like Spice Road. You know, like that's that's such a a simple game. You're just a spice trader, but there's a few of these rules around that kind of mess with your head and the randomization of things of you picking things up are not real life, but they are kind of real life. Or Power Grid, Power Grid has a real good um, parallel to running a business. I mean, because it is literally what you're doing. And you kind of get those, the ramp, like I'm really interested in that ramp of where you have to go buy the different uh, power stations that are available to you at the time. So you got to be smart about when it is you choose to invest in the next piece of property to then power the houses so that you can then make the money from this stuff. And if you go too fast and you try to ramp like this, you get choked off and you kind of get, you got to get that pivot line just right. And it's really good. It's like one of those things, like everybody should learn this game before starting a business because you start to realize that sometimes you should just save your money for the next time some opportunities come up because that, then you'll have the money for the right opportunity to get, to get to the next, the next job. No, that's, that's awesome. You should that's, be bringing some of these games to VR. I was going to say that that's right. something me and Strad to say almost. <laughs> yeah. Like I would really, really love to do that. We mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. board games in real life. And we love board games, especially in VR, because I found that they're easier to learn with because you can play against the AI. You can make so, mistakes easier. Mm-hmm. You can't do things that are against the rules. If you go to play something the wrong way, it'll like stop you. Uh, there's no setup. There's no losing pieces. It's easy to reference rules. It's like all the real life limitations of board getting everybody in the same house together. I, uh, I think VR is made for board games. There's only a couple mm-hmm. on the quest. It, it Why doesn't scrabble. And yeah, VR. even the yeah, classics. They don't weird. even have like Monopoly or Life or anything like that. Not even the you know the more more advanced ones. It, it, it's mind boggling to me. So I I'd, I'd love to see if three pound games to get some some licensing there. You know, and all that spare time you have, yeah, because yeah, you know, it's, seventeen different yeah. projects at once. Just throw a couple of board games. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I know, would. No I'd really love. There's there's definitely a couple. I mean, like I think the sent the um, Century Spice would be a, a particularly good one. I thought we might do a, a Grocket level that sort of reflect mm. the oh, yeah, you did. know a trading game because with trading yeah. games are of course common. Uh, you know, and I'd love to contact them and like <laughs> build it right where there's all these like carts and there's some crazy character that's like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. take two of those for this. Hmm. You know, getting all gruffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We definitely talked about doing some uh, tabletop stuff in Grocket as well for people that didn't want to have to worry about doing a lot of movement. So that that's definitely uh, possible there. Nice. Yeah. I mean, in my dream fantasy world too, you could play it on the tabletop, but then you could get small and go walk around and actually oh. do the stuff by hand. Yeah. You know. Which we could do. That's easy. I mean, oh man, it's it's just <laughs> you play chess and you've got to actually like fight the battles. <laughs> classic, classic battle chess. That would be yeah. awesome. VR is made for board games. It's like because you play a board yeah. game and you start to you're in a competitive round. You start to I don't know. Maybe it's just me. My imagination starts to go crazy. I almost visually get in there. If you could have the visual representation there too. Oh my god! I'll say this to any developer: you put out a right, board game. Right. You put out a board game sold i'm I'm spending my money first day 
Now, VR to me has always been like when you're a little kid and you're watching cartoons. And I think every kid in their life has always wanted to go into the TV mm-hmm. and just be part of that world. That was like, it, it just, things can't get better than that. So yep. on a gaming or sense, it's like VR is made for that complete. VR is made for developers like this though, that have so much to bring to the table. Yeah. Your mind's not going to just you know, this makes money, so we have to do this. It's these are ideas we love that we want to do. No, you know? and, and from the bulk of everything I've heard, there's nothing I've heard I wouldn't be like, oh shit, I wouldn't play that. No. It's like, yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> I want, I want the shark with us. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the name Grocket. I'm hoping that sticks now because it's kind of like the more I hear it, I'm like, hey, definitely going to keep my ear. For it, that. You know, nice, it, nice. it's uh, that's awesome to hear because it's tough when you come up with those internal names like that and then you banter them around. And the test is usually can every does everybody on the team use that or do they mess it up when they recall it back? And, <laughs> and so how far, weird does it one, feel to say to people too? Like right, when you right. actually try and say it to somebody who doesn't know the internet. Yes, we're working stuff. on Grucket. They don't look at yeah. you like Grucket. you're crazy. You're, you know, you're probably in the nerd crowd because pretty safe there. And people that aren't in the nerd crowd, I'd like Grocket rhymes with like kind of ish bop it. It has that same, you know, fast, fast frenzy vibe about it. Even if you didn't know what to grok is, you would still get the idea that it's something quick and fun. No, I th- I think it's genius yeah, and it's catchy. <laughs> like it, it would be. We, sometimes you hear a name and you're like, "Would I click on that name if it had a graphic above it?" And that's one I'd be like, "What is that?" Yeah, and no, I must click on that. I'm real excited when <laughs> when more content like when Valda Stars is officially, which with uh, the ideas you guys are throwing out today, who knows, you know? But uh, when when that's not early release or early access anymore, you're and hopefully it's going on to the official store. We'd love to have you back. And, you know, when Grok gets ready to make its push onto either App Lab or the official store, we'd love to have you back. You know, Three Pounds Games has definitely been added to the list of development companies. I see that that name on a game. I'm getting real excited. Yeah. And I would also encourage people just when, when you go to the game description, read it, read, read the lengthy. I mean, whoever wrote that whole bit did a fantastic job because I've, I've one of the tough things that we struggle sometimes is, is you need to articulate the game into words so people can visually interpret it. And it's like, I would almost want people to read that verbatim mm-hmm. just to understand the depth that they're, they're getting into. It's, it's just over the top. Good. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're just passing an hour. That's the moment we start to kind of, you know, Feel bad pickle for pickle up, and you know it's it's Sunday. Feel bad for people on a Sunday trying yeah. to enjoy their day. So uh, before we wrap it up, Strass, is there anything else that you wanted to ask that we didn't go over? No, not at all. I I think the energy is some next level stuff that I haven't seen from pretty much anybody. Yeah. It's like, and I I agree, three pound games is going to be one you're going to want to watch and keep your eye out for. So yeah. So and uh, for you guys, Robin Cordelia, is there any anything that you wanted to plug that we didn't get an opportunity to? Any Discord communities, Reddit communities, anything like that? Uh, we do have a, a Discord server, and also we are Twitch streaming, so we can give you those links because I saying them won't do much for people. <laughs> um, we also uh, are reissuing Space Dragon for the Quest, probably, you know, month or so out, that sort of thing. At first, it's just going to be basically a, a reissue that fits on the Quest, lower particle effects, and some sort of things like that. Um, but then we do have a plan for that as well to expand that out if people like it. And, you know, that's just one of those, we're going to sneak that out and 
see what You'll, happens. You can fly around and with with dragons for your hands and talk. Blow up planets. Woo. No, I can't wait. When, when <laughs> we had some great Twitch. We had some tw- great Twitch clips up from our when we did a playthrough on uh, Twitch with us, just talking about kind of the development topics and that sort of thing. There's some really funny clips up there. You should definitely check those out. Yeah, so I'll put those links right in the the show notes of this episode. Their Discord server, uh, their Twitch, their Twitch link, and definitely when. Uh, when that game drops, let us know. We'll we'll review it on the podcast, and hopefully we can spread some word and get you back on. Cool. Sounds Thanks. awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was super fun. No, awesome. thank you both. Great great guests, and, you know, to our listeners, you know, Definitely, to- definitely want to talk again. Yeah, t- keep an eye out for three-pound games, and definitely go check out Vault of Stars, you know. It's leave early a, access, but a it's a... five-star review. Yeah, it's a, it's a unique, unique and fun experience, so... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and check us out Wednesday when we're reviewing Vermilion VR. You know, fun, fun new VR painting game. Ooh, yeah, we're ha- that's awesome. We're having a lot of fun with that. I actually am not painting like a toddler no. in this one. They've taught I me. I painted well. my first actual photo. Yeah, usually painting. Usually, my painting ability, especially with like oil painting, it's you know, imagine handing a four-year-old some oil painting in a canvas, and that's what I come out with. But this one actually made some landscapes. It was nice. So. Yeah, we'll get oh, deeper into if you that. put a story behind it, it's modern art and you're all set. <laughs> Come on, look at that. <laughs> Thinking ahead. So uh, thank you for joining us, Robin and Cordelia. And, you know, stay tuned for more. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys.